please don't let anybody disturb you or distract you. I want your attention to be, if possible, 180%. Meanwhile, I bring you greetings from Accra, Ghana. We had a most explosive time in Ghana on a usual time. I preached four messages in four different places. This was the last one of Ghana on Friday, on, on, on Friday night. I did the first one at, at Accra International Conference Center. That's Dunamis Church. The second one at... Um, A second church of Pastor Elvis, and then a third one for Dunamis Church, um, and then the fourth one, this youth, massive youth program in Accra, that's altar call, very, very massive. I'm sure they will show us the different clips at the end of the service. God was awesome, the whole of Ghana, God shook it in very di diverse ways. To the, king, to the glory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in, the, in this week, we are back in Benin Republic, Kotonou, for another crusade, a full-fledged crusade, and God is being glorified. The earth is being filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. A woman flew all the way from the United Kingdom to come all the way for the Accra Ghana crusade, and she didn't return back disappointed. What a faithful God. This morning, we are dealing with ancient foundations and hidden unbroken curses. Dealing with ancient foundations and hidden unbroken curses. Our objective, number one, is to understand the impact of hidden foundation, of impact of foundations, of evil foundations, and hidden unbroken causes on lives and destinies. Understanding the impact of hidden foundations. Or the impact of evil foundations on and hidden unbroken curses on lives and destinies. That's our first objective. Our second objective is to understand what it takes to relay foundations and reverse unbroken curses. What does it take to relay foundations and reverse? Unbroken, hidden, unbroken causes. First, we are understanding the impact of, found of foundation and hidden, unbroken causes on lives and destinies. And second, we want to understand what it takes to relay foundations and to reverse hidden and unbroken causes. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 51, verse 16. So, understanding the impact of evil foundations and hidden, unbroken causes on lives and destinies. And then understanding what it takes to relay foundations and reverse hidden unbroken causes. Isaiah chapter 51 and in verse 16. Isaiah chapter 51 and in verse 16. He said, and I have put my words in thy mouth. And have covered thee in the shadow of my hand. That I may plant the heavens. And lay the foundations of the earth. And say to Zion, thou art my people. So my words in your mouth, that's verse 16. My words in your mouth will plant the heavens and lay foundations on the earth. Which is what we are here to do. In Isaiah chapter 54 verse 11, all the way to verse 13, Isaiah 54, 11. All thou afflicted, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors and lay thy foundations with sapphires. That is, 
You have been afflicted. You have not been comforted. To change that situation, go back to verse 11. It's smart enough. To change that situation, you have been afflicted, you have been tossed with tempest, you are not comforted. To change that situation, I want to lay your foundation. Probably there is something in the foundation that has made you afflicted and made you not comforted. I'm, I'm reading all the way to verse 13. And I will make thy windows of agates and thy gates of carbuncles and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. From where your life was, I want to lay your foundations so that there can be peace around you and so that your story can change. In Galatians chapter 3 and in verse 13, he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us as it is written, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Somebody say aloud, Amen. By way of introduction, I want to say three or four things about foundations. Number one, the foundation of every structure determines the future of the structure. The foundation of every structure determines the future of the structure. This structure, any structure anywhere, the foundation of every structure determines the future of the structure. Number two, the integrity or solidity of a foundation. Architects will tell us about structural integrity. The integrity or the solidity of a foundation determines the destiny of a construction. The solidity, the solidness, the integrity of a foundation determines the destiny of a construction. Thirdly, if I'm too fast, at the end of the message, you just pick it up and go over it. Thirdly, fault in the foundation equals failure or disaster in the construction. Fault in the foundation. We have had situations where whole structures collapse in this city and other places. Fault in the foundation equals failure or disaster in the construction. Either immediately or eventually. The construction may collapse immediately, may fail immediately, or eventually it may fail if there is fault in the foundation. I read something some time ago about the fault in the foundation of a building that occasioned a crack on the 12th floor. Many years later, the challenge was in the foundation, but the crack was on the 12th floor. There are many of us like that in life where along our journey of life all of a sudden, Certain challenges appear that were not there before. And you are wondering where did this come from? Most times from the foundation. Now what is the foundation by definition? The foundation refers to the origins. Foundation refers to the origins, beginnings. Underlying basis. Origins, beginnings. Underlying basis. Or principle of a thing or structure. It refers to the origins, the beginnings, the underlying basis or the principle of a thing 
or a structure. What is the origin? What is the beginning? What underlays it? It's called foundation. It refers to the origins, the beginnings, the underlying basis or principle of a thing or structure. Number two, foundation refers to the forces that determine the existence or the future of a structure or a system. The forces, the forces that determine the future or the existence of a structure or a system. That is foundation. What are the forces that come into play to determine the existence or determine the future of a structure or a system? That is foundation. The forces that determine the future or the existence of a structure or a system. Now for a family, when we talk about foundation, we are talking about the forces that determine the future or the very existence of a family. In a family context, what are the forces that determine the future of that family? What are the forces determining the very existence of that family? That's what we refer to as foundation. Also, we are talking about the forces that determine the quality of life in that family. The quality of life in that family. The quality of existence in that family. Am I communicating at all? You see a family of people that never get married. Or get married, the marriage fails. Or a family of people that rise to a level, but they must crash. Or a family of people that will never live to a certain age. The foundation is determining the quality of life or the very existence in the family. Now, when it comes to evil foundations, it comes to evil foundations, we are talking about evil foundations are negative forces. Am I communicating at all? Am I too fast for you? I have so much to say this morning, so I'm, I'm, I'm rushing a bit. Evil foundations are evil or negative forces are the origins or beginnings of families. Evil foundations are evil or negative forces are the beginnings or origins of families that occasion negative events in the future life of that family. Again, evil Foundations are evil or negative forces at the origins, at the beginnings of families. And this occasion, negative or evil events in the future life of that family. Those are evil foundations. They occasion negative events. Negative forces are the origins or the beginnings of families that occasion negative events in the future life of that family. And these are usually the products of demonic covenants and transactions. These evil foundations are usually the products of demonic covenants and transactions. And I stand here by the mantle that is apostolic and prophetic to announce today every evil foundation of your life and your family that has been negatively affecting your destiny. This morning, they shall collapse. If you are saying amen, shout the loudest amen. 
Say after me, every evil foundation of my life, of my family is collapsing today. Let's go. Now when you talk about curses, because we are talking about evil foundations and hitting on broken curses. What about curses? Curses are negative decrees, verdicts or pronouncements. Negative decrees, verdicts or pronouncements that limit, disempower or destroy the lives and destinies of his recipients. Again, curses are negative decrees, negative verdicts, negative pronouncements that limit, disempower or destroy the lives and destinies of his recipients. When we say a curse is at work, it means there is a verdict. It means there has been a decree. It means there has been a pronouncement over the recipients of those of the curse that is limiting their life or is disempowering them. It's, they are not empowered or, or, or is destroying outrightly their lives and their destinies. And again, the curses most times are the product of evil covenants or transactions. Most times. Curses can come either deliberately by evil covenants and transactions or they can come unwittingly. The person did not mean so much. I mean, he, he didn't have him he didn't have the mind to destroy anybody. He just said some things and made some pronouncements. And these pronouncements become binding. And these are majorly by authority figures. People that are like a father or a spiritual person. Somebody that is an authority figure. But I stand here in the name that is above every name. Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord. Every negative verdict, negative decree, negative pronouncement that has been fighting your life and destiny. Today, they shall crumble and collapse. You believe that shall the loudest amen. You believe that shall the loudest amen. I like us to look very quickly at examples of evil foundations and hidden unbroken curses in scripture. Very, very interesting. Example number one. Example of evil foundations, hidden unbroken curses. Number one. The human race through Adam and Eve. What is that? Adam's transaction and interaction with the devil established the whole of the human race on the foundation of gloom, doom, and death. I'm sure you know that. Adam had a transaction with the devil and that transaction established humanity on a foundation. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 16, God made a pronouncement. And he said concerning and the Lord commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden of, of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Long story made short. Adam took up the fruit and ate it. 
having entered a transaction with the devil. What was the outcome? Genesis 3, chapter 14 to 19. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. And the Lord God said unto, unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art caused above all cattle. Now move to verse 15. And 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Until tons and thistles, also and thistles, shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shall thou return. And in Genesis, and in, and in Romans chapter 3, verse 3, 23, he now said, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That was the doom. That was the foundation of gloom, the foundation of doom, and the foundation of death, plus the cause of hardship that Adam brought upon humanity. But thank God for Jesus. That is why we are here this morning. Because he came on the cross of Calvary to crush that curse. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout the loudest hallelujah. This kind of thing that Adam did on behalf that, that affected the whole of humanity. There are little, little, little measures of it. That forefathers do. That grandfathers do. That ancestors do. That implicate their lineage. And we are, we are going to go further. Now example number two. Is the lineage of terror. Abraham's father. Terror. The lineage of terror. There seemed to be a, a foundation in that family that led to a, a, a curse that seemed hidden. Now, Genesis 11, 29 to 32. Genesis 11. And Abraham and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife. And they went forth with them from the awe of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And all the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in Haran. Now listen to this. The name terror means delay. Hello? Whatever be the reason, whatever was the situation, whatever was the foundation, there was something about his life, the beginning of his life, that had to do with delay. Allah, Allah. That is the Hebrew meaning of terror equals delay, stagnation, failure to achieve on time. So the delay began with terror himself. 
he had a call to move to Canaan. He came to the land of Haran. He delayed there. He remained there. And instead of reaching the place of his destiny, he remained in, in Haran until he died. Then he gave birth to three sons. One is called Nahor. Nahor means snoring. The one who snores, the snorer, sleep, is not awake. And you know that deep sleep is the mother of delay in life. So Nahor lived without achieving nothing with his life. Then he has the one Heron. That one did not just delay. He died before his time. His father was alive. He has died. Achieving nothing. His only achievement was Lot. Lot that became the Lot that ended as a disaster. As I preach this morning, I come against the plague of delay in the life of anybody. Every foundation of delay in your life, I declare, it is broken. If you are saying amen, say a louder amen. If you are saying amen, shout the loudest amen. Take your seat. And then, you come to Lord himself, the son of the one who died before his father. When the angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy the land and they gave Lord the commandment to move out of the land, the foundation of his family was still fighting him. In Genesis 19:15, see what happened. And verse 16. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot. He was delayed. Saying, arise, take your wife. That is, want to destroy this place. Why are you wasting time? We want you to be free. Arise, take your wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest you be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he delayed, he lingered. The men laid hold upon him by force and upon the hand of his wife and upon the house of his two daughters. The Lord be merciful unto him. If not for mercy, he would have been consumed in Sodom by delay. If not for mercy, he would have died with the wicked because of what was fighting him from his father. Terror, delay. Look at that again. And they brought him out. And they brought him forth and sent him without the city just by mercy. There are many of us, the reason why our foundations have not destroyed our lives is the mercy of God. The mercy of God. The reason why what has been fighting you from your father's house has not finished you is mercy. Am I speaking to somebody here? But the delay followed him and followed his wife. As they were, as, even as they pulled him out, the wife still looked back. 
became a pillar of salt, died without entering destiny. Hear me. This is why this Sunday was dedicated. So that anything from your father's house that won't let you rest, today they shall be laid to rest. If you are saying amen, shout a believer say amen. If you are saying amen, shout it at the top of your voice. Look at your neighbor, say it, the delay is over. Say it louder, say the delay is over. Shout it louder, say the delay is over. Give the Lord a praise and take your seat. Now, when the delay entered Abraham's life, it became delay in fruit of the womb. Terah, his father, passed on a demon of delay. Abraham's wife, Sarah, was barren. Genesis 11:30. Didn't give birth to a child on time. And Sarah was barren. She had no child. Abraham's son had his Isaac. His wife was barren. Genesis 25 and in verse 21. And Rebekah and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Even though she conceived, it delayed in coming because his father's name is Delay. Jacob's wife, two of them were barren. Leah and Rachel. Genesis 29 and in verse 31. Genesis 29 and in verse 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, which means her womb was closed. But Rachel was barren, remained barren. Two of them at once. Womb closed. Why? There is a spell of delay that said you can achieve things but not on time. You can give birth to children but not on time. I announce to somebody here today, every spell of delay, every spirit of delay, following you from your father's house, fighting your destiny, it is broken. Everyone all over the world, connected right now, in all our locations worldwide, the delay is over. Lift your hands and say in the name of Jesus, my delay is over. The foundations of my father's house can no longer succeed against my destiny. You believe that shall the Lord say amen. Give the Lord the praise and take your seat. Now, the next one I'm about to tell you is very, very touching. It is called the curse of death on Rachel and her offsprings. It is a foundation, an evil foundation that is very, very touching if you exploit the curse of death on Rachel and her offspring. When Jacob was leaving the, the house of Laban, Rachel carried an image. Maybe she thought it was a toy or whatever it was and, and stole it away. In Genesis 31 and in verse 19, Genesis 31 verse 19, and Laban went to share his sheep and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. She stole the images. In Genesis 31 verse 30 to verse 32, Laban began to pursue 
after Jacob, when Jacob left Laban's house. And then Laban said, now, though you would need to be gone, because you saw longest after your father's house, yet why have you stolen my gods, my images? And Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, peradventure thou will take me by take by force thy daughters from me. That is, you ran away from me, but you, you, you carry something. Look at what Jacob said, that finish Rachel, with whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Rachel carried the, 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 the images of her father. That's why I said some of the pronouncements were not intentional and they did not plan to cause harm. Just that Jacob was not aware. Anybody in whose hand, place it again, you find my images, your, your God, let him not leave. Before our brethren descend thou what is thine with me and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that his beloved wife was the one who took it. He has already pronounced death. And then Jacob began to look for the, the image. He said, now search all our things. Search all our things. Anybody you find the images with, let the person die. Now look at verse 33. And Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two maid servants' tents, but he found them not. Then went he out of Leah's tent and entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but found them not. And she said to her father, let it not displease you, my father, my Lord, that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. I am in my monthly cycle. I can't stand up from where I'm sitting. And he searched, but found not the images. She sat on them. And Jacob was angry and showed Laban. And Jacob answered to Laban, what is my trespass? What is my sin? That you have so hotly pursued me. Jacob was not aware. Laban searched, couldn't find it. He left, but the curse has been placed. Anybody who has it, let the person die. Whether it was found or not, there was a pronouncement of death. And the death arrived for Rachel in chapter 35. And in verse 16 of Genesis. And they journeyed from Bethel and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel traveled. Ah, she was about to bring forth Benjamin. And she had hard labor. A curse was at work. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was departing, for she died. Rachel didn't need to die. But there was a curse pronounced, for she died. That she called the name of the boy that was born Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin Benjamin. Benoni means son of my sorrow. 
all. That was in the matter. Benjamin means the son of my right hand. But Benoni was born. And then he started his life. The cause followed him. Benjamin became the smallest tribe in Israel. They couldn't grow. They couldn't thrive. They couldn't survive. Life wasn't their portion. Am I communicating at all? In fact, Benjamin became the only tribe in Israel that all of Israel faced one time and literally wiped Benjamin out, remaining 600 people. 600 people that ran. They fled and disappeared from the land of Israel. Those were the only people left of Benjamin because anybody with whom you find my gods, let him die. In Genesis chapter, in Genesis chapter, or rather, Judges chapter 20, verse 46, you see the plague of Benjamin there. So that all which fell that day of Benjamin we had 25,000 men. 25,000 men that drew the sword. All these were men of valor. And I don't have the time to go into the story that led to this situation. But 600 men turned and fled to the wilderness onto the rock Rimon and abode in the rock Rimon four months. Go ahead, look at verse 48. And the men of Israel turned again upon the children of Benjamin and smote them with the edge of the sword as well as the women of every city as the beast and all that came to hand. Also they set on fire all the cities that they came to. And in verse, Judges 21 verse 2 to verse 3. All right, last, and the people came to the house of God and abode there till the evening before God and lifted up their voices and wept sore and said, O Lord God of Israel, why has this come to pass in Israel that there should be today one tribe lacking in Israel? As of today, Israel is now without one tribe. They didn't know 600 men were left that, that ran away. They felt all of them had been destroyed. One tribe lacking. Look at verse 6 to verse 7. And the children of Israel repented them for Benjamin their brother and said, There is one tribe cut off from Israel today. How shall we do for wives for them that remain? Because they killed men, killed women, killed children. Have you ever seen such a thing? Their brother. Seeing we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give our daughters to wives. And all of them swore. Even if Benjamin is rebelling, he will not marry from Rubenites to marry from anywhere. Hi, curses. Benjamin almost finished. They had to go to Jabesh Gilead to go and snatch wives for the remaining 600. Somebody may be asking, why is this thing affecting only Benjamin? Rachel had two sons. One was Joseph. One was Benjamin. Answer simple. Joseph was born before the curse. 
Joseph was already alive before Rachel was caused with death. So it is from Rachel and any other thing that came out of Rachel from that moment forward. Joseph was born in Genesis chapter 30 and in verse 24. While the curse came in Genesis 31. He escaped the curse by the whiskers. Tragedy because of the wrong foundation and his spoken curse. As I stand here today, that is why we are here. Anything that is designed to take people prematurely in your family or take people prematurely in your community, prematurely in your lineage, every evil foundation, every evil curse, today it shall expire. If you are saying amen, say it like a believer. If you are saying amen, say it like a believer. Lift your right hand and say, I shall fulfill my days. I cannot die like others died. I shall fulfill my days. You believe that shall the loudest amen. Give the Lord a praise and take your seat. My fourth example is the curse. I could stop here. But it's not only having to do with premature death. Many things. My fourth example is the evil foundation and curse of the Reubenites. The Reubenites. And I'm going to summarize this very quickly. In Genesis chapter 35 verse 22, Reuben slept with his father's wife. His father did not say anything to him. But Reuben at the end of Reuben's life. Now, Reuben had two challenges. Reuben had the challenge of moral bankruptcy. Moral bankruptcy. And the lack of firmness of purpose. He lacked, he had moral bankruptcy. He had, he lacked moral integrity and he lacked firmness of purpose. The way a person makes up his mind quickly and makes a decision on time, Reuben has no such capacity. And Reuben had no moral, had moral bankruptcy, no moral integrity. This thing followed his children. So when Jacob was blessing his children in Genesis 49, verse 3 and 4. He said, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. But unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed. Then defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. That was a challenge of Reuben. In addition to this, I told you, Reuben lacked firmness of purpose. I believe that Joseph was sold into slavery because Reuben, the firstborn, was not the firstborn. When they were about to conspire to, to sell Joseph, Reuben said, my brethren, don't do so. Instead of saying, no way, not under my watch. You can sell, just, you can do anything you want, but not as long as I'm firstborn here. No. 
He was dilly dallying. Dilly dallying. He said, no, don't, don't, let's not sell him. Let, let, let's put him into this pit. They put him into the pit. Then, Reuben, I don't know where he went. Your small brother was in challenge. He went somewhere. Before Reuben came back, they had sold Joseph. In Genesis 37, 21 to 29, we saw how he, he said, and Reuben heard of it, and he delivered him out of their hands. And he said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. Verse 29. But before Reuben came, they had sold him. And Reuben returned unto the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he tore his clothes. 30, 29 and 30. And he said, and he returned to his brother and said, the child is not... And I, where shall I go? That was the character of person Reuben was. That character followed his children. In the battle of Deborah, when Deborah was calling people out to join her in the battle, Reuben could not come out. In Judges chapter 5 and in verse 14 to 16, the Bible said, Out of Ephraim was there a root of them against Amalek. After thee, Benjamin, among thy people, out of Maka came out, came down governors, and out of Zebulun, they that handled the pen of the writer. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Even Issachar, and also Barak, he was sent on foot into the valley. For, but for the divisions of Reuben, there were great thoughts of heart. They were thinking, should we go? Should we not go? Can we fight? Should we not fight? Let's reason this matter first. Is this, is this fight worth it? Verse 16. Why are you dwelling among the sheepfold, Reuben? To hear the bleatings of the flocks? For the divisions of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Reuben could not become anything because their father was nothing. Their father had a phlegmatic, terrible, is phlegmatic, phlegmatic, whatever. He had a, a character that was not firm. It followed his generation. And Reuben was the firstborn. But he lost the firstborn right. In First Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 1. You see that? Where the Bible said, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. For he was the firstborn. But for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. So if you are about to name the sons of Jacob, you don't call Reuben first. You call Joseph first. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Their father implicated their destiny. There are some of us good people. You, are, you, you have not offended anybody. You are just doing your best. But your father tried to implicate you and your destiny and your future. But that devil is a liar. That is the reason for the cross of Calvary. That is why we are here this morning. I prophesy to you today. Every every nature of your father of your bloodline every character of your bloodline and every lifestyle of your bloodline and every curse and foundation of your bloodline that is trying to affect your destiny I announce by the mantle of God upon my life today it is over 
if you are saying amen, shout loud and say amen. It is broken. Look at your neighbor say, I shall not manifest the weaknesses of my bloodline. I shall not inherit the liabilities of my father's house. I refuse it. Take your seat in the presence of the Lord and let's go. That was Reuben. Number five is the evil foundation and curse of Judah. You know Judah. I will not talk much about Judah. But Judah was the man in Genesis chapter 38. You read all the way from verse 13 to verse 18. He had a family that had a lot of tragedy. Onan trying to, I mean, all manner, two of his children were killed before, before the Lord for wickedness. I'm sure you remember the story. And then one, the wife of one, her name was Tamar, I think the wife of Sheila also, was waiting for her father-in-law to make her to marry one of the children, but he didn't. And then she pretended to be a harlot by the wayside. How many of you remember the story? And Judah, Let's read it. 13. And it was told Tamar saying, Behold, thy father-in-law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep. And she put her widow's garments off from off her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and sat in an open place which is by the way of to Timnath for she saw that Sheila was grown and she was not given unto him to wife. When Judah saw her, he thought her to be a harlot because she had covered her face. And he returned unto her by the way and said, Go to, I pray thee, let me come in unto you. Judah, patronizing prostitute. For he knew not that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What will you give me? So you can come unto me. And he said, I will send you a kid from the flock. And he said, Will you also give me a place to you send it? Yes. What place shall you give me? And she said, Shall I give it? And she said, Thy signet? Thy and thy bracelets and thy staff that is in thine hand and he gave it to her all these things are too important bracelet staff symbol of authority signet signature wow and he gave it unto her I will talk about this another day because these are the kinds of transactions people enter into hmm. and he gave it unto her and he came in unto her and she conceived by him and she arose and went away and laid by her veil from her and put on the garments of her widowhood and Judah sent the kid by the hand of his friend the Adulamite to receive his pledge what he gave from the woman's hand but he found her not and he said to the men of that place saying where is the harlot that was openly by the wayside and they said there, is no, there was no harlot in this place and he returned to Judah and said I cannot find her Long story made short, later on, they said, this Judah's daughter-in-law, Tamar, is now pregnant. Judah said, bring her, let her be set on fire for misbehaving. And she said, take this staff to Judah and tell him, this child belongs to the owner of this staff. Kai. 
this child belongs to the owner of this bracelet. This child belongs to the owner of this signet ring. Judah hid his face. That was how Judah established his life and his family's foundation on very prolific immoral and incestuous line. Are you following what I'm saying here today? With death in between. You see the manifestation of it exploded in David. David took someone's wife, killed the man in the battlefield. Then David's son, Ammon, took his sister, bearing the same name like this woman, Tamar. Incest. Then Absalom killed Ammon. Then Absalom lined up 10 of his father's wives and slept with all of them in the front of all Israel. Then on top of the roof, he didn't know where to perform the action. Say they on top of the roof. Then Solomon came and moved it forward. He went to advanced. He went to advanced level, postgraduate diploma in Judaic affairs. And then Rehoboam came. He shifted it forward. It began from the foundation of their father's house. There are some people who cannot understand their behavior. What is moving me? Why am I acting like this? Why am I lying like this? Why am I cheating like this? Why am I stealing like this? Why am I, why, why can't I control myself? It was coming from a foundation. But right now, I announce in the name that is above every name, Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord. Every foundation of your father's house, of your lineage that is fighting your destiny, whether in character, in behavior, or in any form, is fighting your life, fighting your destiny. I declare this foundation collapses today. If you're saying amen, shout the loudest amen. If you're saying amen, shout the loudest amen. Say after me, say every evil foundation of my life, of my family, of my destiny is ending today. Somebody scream fire. Give the Lord a praise and take your seat. There are many, I, I could go on and on, but time will fail me. I want us to go on to solution, but I'm sure you remember the story of Gideon in, in Judges 6, 25 to 26. Maybe you can consider that a sixth example. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto, unto him, to Gideon, take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the grove by it. Throw down your father's altar 
and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the other place and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. That was God telling Gideon, I have called you. I have an anointing for you. I have a calling for you. There is something I want you to do with your life. But there is something in your father's house that must come down if you must go up. There is something in your father's house that you must throw down if your destiny must see the light of day. There is something in your father's house that has the capacity of limiting your destiny. I announce today everything in your father's house that is fighting the plan of God for your life. Today, they shall be set on fire. Hey! Everything in your father's house that say your voice should not be heard. That say your destiny should not see the light of day. Today, they are set on fire. You believe that? Shout the Lord and say amen. Look at somebody by the side. Say, no altar from my father's side. No altar from my mother's house will stop my destiny now. It is too late. Give the Lord the praise as you take your seat. Now, final, before I go, or we go to the next point, is the foundation of Jericho. Jericho was a city hmm, that was laid on the foundation of blood. In 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 34, in his days, I'm, I'm sure it was the days of Ahab, did heal the Bethelite built Jericho. He laid the foundation of Jericho in his firstborn, Abiram. That is, he needed to sacrifice a son to build a city. He laid the foundation in his firstborn and he set up the gates in his last Youngest son. Two, two people died. Two people were given up. Two people were sacrificed for a city to be built. What do you think will be the future of such a city? There are many people, many families built on blood. Listen, I came across the story of a young lady some time ago. All the girls in that family died at the age before they would be 30. You couldn't be 30. They couldn't be 30 from the southern part of this country. And when the story was being investigated, this was what was found by revelation and investigation. That their father was a big chief, royal paramount ruler. When he died and he was about to be buried, they said, somebody should escort him. You know African tradition? Somebody should escort him to the land where he is going. And they said, who is it that will escort him other than his youngest wife? He loved that one so much. Let her be, escort him. That is buried alive with a dead chief. And while this girl was about to be buried, she began to render curses. What did I do? Why will you bury me alive? I, 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 I vow that in this family, 
None of your young ladies will reach this age before they die. She was about 30, going to 30. None. If you say I shouldn't leave, you won't have any daughter in your lineage cross this age. Every time they will be 30. Before their 30th birthday, they are gone. Their 30th birthday, they are gone. Because there was a bloody foundation that was laid for their lineage. Am I communicating? There are families whose parents dealt massively with slaves. Big slave traders. And they bury slaves alive with some of these people. And they see terrible repercussions on their lineage. A family who had great name in time past. Everybody is a pauper today. Do you understand what I'm saying? Big name before. All paupers today. Because of terrible, abominable transactions and behaviors. But the good news is, that is why the cross of Calvary exists. That is why Jesus came to die. So that this can be reversed. Is somebody here? I announce today, every blood sacrifice, every blood sacrifice, every blood sacrifice that is at the foundation of your family, at the foundation of your destiny, I declare the blood sacrifice is reversed and canceled. Is reversed and canceled. Is annulled. Somebody shout, power! Somebody shout power. Say after me, say today is my day. I receive total freedom. Ah, I just see so much liberty in the atmosphere today. That for me, this is like somebody's Christmas day. All right, that's right. The best word to use is somebody's new year. You are stepping into a new year and a new season. Because something is breaking. Something is collapsing. Something is crashing. Go ahead and give the king the shout of praise. A big clap. A shout. A leap of shout. Shake the hands of three blood. Tell them I congratulate you ahead of time. I congratulate you ahead of time. A change of story is your portion. A change of story. Lord, a shout of victory as you take your seat in the presence of the Lord. What is God's answer? God's answer to evil foundations and hidden curses. What is God's answer? The answer is simple it is the cross of Calvary. The cross of Calvary, the blood of Jesus. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. I'd like you to note five things that... The cross of Calvary and salvation has to show us regarding answer to evil causes. Number one, Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. He said, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Verse 17. 
If any man is in Christ Jesus, it's a new creation. Creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Number one, to be saved is to become a new creature. To be saved is to become a new creature or a new creation that is not connected to a previous life or creation. I like this to be fired into your spirit like, like, like fire. To be saved is to become a new creature or a new creation that is not connected to a previous cre life or creation. What is the meaning of that? If you are giving birth to, you are connected to, in, to, 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 to a previous life. But if you are created, when God created man, Adam inherited no cause from nobody. Everything that happened to him, he originated them. Am I communicating? By, by salvation, God said, I began something new with you. You have become the progenitor of a new race. The Bible said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. To be saved is to become a new creature or new creation that is not connected to a previous life or creation. Number two. To be saved. Is to be regenerated. And renewed. Regenerated. And renewed. Titus chapter 3 and in verse 5. Titus chapter 3. And in verse 5. He said. Not by the works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost by the washing of regeneration, which he wrought in Christ. Somebody say amen. What does it mean to be regenerated? It means to be regined. Somebody say regene. Regene. What it means to be regene. What is the gene? It is the gene that 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 is the reason for the transfer of character and inheritance. It is to be regened. Regene. Somebody say, I have been regened. Say it, I have been regened. So it, it means to be regened. It's like being rewired. It's like being repented. The old gene brought you calamity. There is a new gene, a Holy Ghost gene. Hey! The genes of the Son of God that brings you liberty. To be regined means the previous genes that limited your destiny have been replaced with a new genes that a new gene that brings you liberty. Somebody say, I have been rewired. Say it loud. Say I have been rewired through Jesus Christ to succeed in life. I have been repented. 
I have been refurbished. I have been rebranded. Number three, to be saved is to be rescued, redeemed, or ransomed from the profitless lifestyle handed down to you by your fathers. I am actually paraphrasing scripture according to how it is written. To be saved is to be rescued, redeemed, ransomed from the profitless lifestyle handed to you by your forefathers. <laughs> this is exciting. You are redeemed. You are rescued. You are redeemed. You are ransomed from the profitless lifestyle handed down to you by your forefathers. That is what First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 to 19 says. I would like the American Standard Version after I read the King James Version. The English Standard Version. The God's Word Version. And the New Living Translation if you have all of them. Then, right. So he said for as much as you know that you were redeemed with corrupt, that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation which you received by tradition from your fathers but to the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Vain conversation. The word vain is prof unprofitable. Conversation is manner of life. Unprofitable manner. Tradition is what is traded down to you unprofitable lifestyle hard lifestyle terrible lifestyle that your forefathers handed down to you by inheritance now look at the American Standard Version if you have it knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited somebody say inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things look at your number say there were some things Say, there, there, there are some things you inherited from your forefathers. Unprofitable things. Terrible things. But the blood of Jesus rescued you from them. English Standard Version. Say, verse 18 and 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers. No, go, go to the God's Word Version. If you have it. Or the New Living Translation. You have the NLT. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. Empty life. He paid the ransom. Now in these days, wicked days of kidnap, you hear a lot about ransom. Right? Somebody was kidnapped. Not you and not anybody near you. I'm very soon no, nobody at all but kidnapped and it's in the bush no roof rain is falling no food it's hungry seeing dead people all around them it's in fear it's in torment he doesn't know when he will die next any moment could be his moment 
Then suddenly a ransom was paid. And he was, he, he stepped out of that terrible, unimaginable climate and life. That was what happened to humanity. Satan, the devil, kidnapped humanity. Our forefathers did some transactions that kidnapped whole families. Hardship, harshness, premature death, fear of death. You don't know where the next problem will come from. Until Jesus Christ said, I have come with a ransom. Not cash, but my blood. Hey! 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 Lift your right and say the ransom has been paid to rescue me from futility, from calamity. The blood of Jesus set me free. The blood of Jesus sets me free from sin and sorrow. The blood. Somebody sing it. The blood of Jesus. From shame and sorrow. Three times. The blood of Jesus. From shame and sorrow. Two more times. The blood of Jesus. you free a bigger club and a shout of praise look at your neighbor say today is, the, is, is a terminal date of that evil foundation in your life give the Lord a praise as you take your sin hallelujah now number four to be saved is to be engrafted into the life of Christ Engrafted. Anybody who did agriculture or anything like that must know about grafting. In Romans chapter 11 verse 17, Romans 11 17, he said, and if some of the branches be broken off and you've been a wild olive tree, when we got born again, that was what happened. You have been grafted among them and with them you have become a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. He said, we shouldn't boast against them. Now, if you look at verse 24, he's talking about it again, being grafted into Christ. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and you were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall this, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive trees? This is what he's talking about. This is what he's talking about. He said that... You came out of a wild family where your forefather 
Terrible native doctor. He destroyed many people's lives. Destroyed many families. Blood sacrificed like water. So there is a plague of premature death. Poverty, scarcity, empty hand. Everything he did against people returned back to his family members and his lineage. He said, that was a kind of root you are connected to. He said, but when you became born again, I unplanted you. I, I broke you off from that wild olive and removed you and transferred you and planted you Hey! I planted you into a good olive tree. I planted you into the very life and lineage of Christ. So that from the moment you got saved, you no longer draw your life from your father's house root. Your root is no longer your father's house. It's no longer your wicked community. It's no longer the village where people cannot live. He said, I unplanted you and replanted you. You are alive. You are the same person. But now, a new creature. No, but you look the same. But now, what is flowing to you, what is determining your future, is not from your father's house. I wish somebody can stand up on your feet anywhere you are and just give him a shout of victory. 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 Hey! Hey! You know the meaning of that? Why you remain standing everywhere in the gallery? Hear this. He's saying to you, your life, your welfare on earth, from when you got saved is no longer determined by your natural root. It's no longer determined by your village root. It's no longer determined by your father's house root. Computer. It's now determined by your spiritual root. I did not take your permission, but I am going to use you as an illustration. This my guy here. I used to follow him to do saxophone. <laughs> this my guy here. When did you marry? He told me, he said, when we first met. He said there is a plague of no marriage. That is, if they will marry, maybe they are maybe almost 50. But they are still hanging around, finding it hard to be married. That is his natural route. Then, that I married young. 
married young. And we are connected to the same root. Prayer was prayed with him. And that spell was broken. He got married far before the age of his own people's marriage. And then the other day he told me. He said, I am going where my people never went. I am doing things where. I'm traveling to Zambia. Traveling to Malawi. Traveling to the United Kingdom. No struggle for visa. Other, another person has struggled it for you. Grafted. I want you, that picture you just saw should remain in your mind. It doesn't matter how terrible your father's root is. You are no longer on that route. You are no longer standing on that route. You are no longer standing on that route. Let God be true and let every devil be a liar. You are no longer standing on that route. You are no longer standing on that route. Can you help me walk to several people? Tell them I have a change of route, a change of route, a change of route, a change of route. standing on that route help me walk to seven people else and tell them I have a change of route 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 shout of victory. Give the Lord a shout of victory. Give the Lord a louder shout of victory. Give the Lord a praise and take your seat in the presence of the Lord. A change of root. A change of root. Hey! Finally take your seat number five. To be saved is to be established on a new foundation. The foundation of Jesus Christ. On the new foundation of Jesus Christ. Remember we are dealing with evil foundations and hidden on broken curses. When you are saved, you are established on the new foundation of Jesus Christ. In First Corinthians chapter 3 and in verse 11. First Corinthians chapter 3 and in verse 11. First Corinthians 3 and in verse 11. That's right. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That is, when you got born again, you step onto a new foundation. There is a change of foundation. If the foundation of your life was weak before, and the foundation of your life was terrible before, we have a change of foundation. The summary is Jeremiah 31. Okay, before then, let's, let's look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He said, 
He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He removed us from the platform of darkness and positioned us on the platform of his dear son. Look at your neighbor. Say, I am standing on a different ground right now. I am standing on a, on a different ground right now. I am standing on a better ground right now. I am standing on a different ground right now. I am standing on a better ground right now. Shout the loudest, amen. See the summary. Jeremiah 31, 29 to 30. Jeremiah 31. In those days, they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth have been set on edge. It shall not be said that the fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth has quigelated. He said, but everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, it is his teeth that shall be set on edge. I did not have any dealing with the devil. The devil cannot ask me to pay him any debt. I owe the devil. Hey! Stand up on your feet and help me. Say after me. Say, I made no transaction with the devil. And I owe no devil any obligation. I owe the devil nothing. Say after me. Say, I am saved by the blood of Jesus. And I owe the devil nothing. Help me tell seven people, prophesy it if you believe it. Prophesy, I owe the devil nothing. I owe the devil nothing. it quickly and let us round off now and we'll go into action how do you walk in the reality of your liberty this is the conclusion of the matter how do you walk in the reality of your liberty before I say that let me say this to you if all these things are in the Bible, why should the devil still oppress me? If all these things are in the Bible, why did I suffer all the things I have suffered? If all these things are in the Bible, why should I pass through what I pass through? My family pass through what they pass through. Simple answer. The availability of soap does not guarantee neatness of cloth. Why are there dirty people when there is soap in the market? The 
the soap must be assessed. The soap must be employed so that results can be expressed. The availability of medication does not guarantee healing or health. The constitution is there. Why are they lawbreakers? That is the reason for lawyers and law enforcement agents. So they can show them how their head can be correct. The devil is a permanent bad boy. He will behave as if he's not aware that it is in the Bible. He will behave and that's why my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He walks on your ignorance and make you behave and make you think like there is nothing like that in scripture. You carry it and throw it on his face. Devil, if you don't know who I am, I know who I am. That is why we are here today. To access what God has provided in scripture and to personally apply it and to say, look, this is where it stops. And I want somebody to write today's date down so that you don't assume another day that today, finally, evil foundations in my life expired. So let's take the journeys. What do we do? To walk in liberty, number one, be born again. If you are here and you have not given your life to Christ, the Bible said this, when we are born again, First Peter 1, 18 to 19, that we can be rescued from the evil traditions of our father's house. Be born again. Number two, be armed with the light or the truth. Light. What you just saw today from the beginning of this message till now is called light. And the purpose of light is to humble darkness. Is to dissolve darkness. John chapter 1 verse 5 said, The light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. John chapter 8 verse 32. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You just got to know the truth. And the, the aim of this truth is to guarantee your liberty. Number three. Renew your mind with the truth. What you just heard today, let it not just be a once and for all hearing. Renew your mind. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2. He said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your life gets transformed when your mind gets renewed. The devil has given you a wrong belief system all these years. That anything can happen to you because it's happening to everybody. Or happening to people in your family. And you are saying, no devil, I know better now. You renew your mind. Let your deliverance happen from inside out. Let this word you heard today take a root in your spirit. Take a root where? 
Let it not enter one ear and come out from somewhere else. Let it take a root. Let it take root in your spirit. This is the realm where you will sleep with the message in your ears. Did you hear what I just said? The psalmist said, Songs of Solomon, he said, I, I, I sleep, but my spirit is awake. This is where, go to sleep, let it be plain. If you have the capacity to sleep while the message is plain, there are those who can't sleep like that. Plug it in your ears. Let it saturate and percolate and animate and infiltrate and embody your spirit. You come to the point where the devil that used to give you food in the dream will appear and see the size of your spirit. And he realizes encountering a lion. I have done that many times with the Bible, with messages. Psh, psh, went to sleep. Came out in the morning, fire in the eyes. Messages that myself preached. I was listening to one yesterday that I preached. He set me on fire on the spot. He has a flavor on what I'm preaching now. Are you hearing what I'm saying here today? I prophesy to you today. Your, your deliverance shall be rooted in the spirit. Receive it now. Somebody shout the Lord and say amen. There are people in the region of the dead. You heard a testimony just now. In the region of the dead that heard one voice. A sound from a message. A line, a phrase. And he pulled them back from the region of the dead. Somebody in Winner's Chapel had a terrible accident. Died on the spot. A message was playing in the car. And that message was speaking life. Where he was, he heard the message and came back. You will fulfill your days. Say amen like a believer. Shout the loudest believer, say amen. Take your seat. Can we go on very, very quickly? Number four. Consciously re renounce every obligation to the enemy. Consciously, officially. That's why I said you should make today that day. The, the, the way they say, when did you give your life to Christ? You won't say from January to December 2021. It was a particular day. <laughs> All right. Officially, that is consciously. Renounce every obligation to the enemy. Every involvement I have with you, Satan. Or that anybody had with you on my behalf. Every obligation I have to you. By the blood of Jesus on this day, I renounce. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 26. He said, declare that, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Tell what you want. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. He said, I, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. Make a conscious determination. A conscious declaration on a day like this I have made up my mind that if I owe the devil anything I owe you nothing because the blood of Jesus rescued me from your hand number five 
continually declare and decree your position. Especially when necessary. Continually declare and decree your position of liberty. Especially when necessary. That is Numbers 14, 28. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 26. Isaiah 44, 26. Say unto them. Alright. It says, God is the one who performed the word of his servant. Now he confirmed the word of his servant and performed the counsel of his messengers. So here you are saying, I cannot, the events of my father's house can never be my portion. I can't. I can't die like chicken. I can't be stopped the way my father was stopped. I can't rise and crash. With authority, with audacity. Now, confession is your announcement of scripture. Declaration is your pronouncement of your revelation. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you are confessing, you said, the Bible said, by his stripes I am healed. So in the name of Jesus, I claim my healing. That is confession. When you declare, you said, I can't be sick because he took my sickness. Satan, I want you to hear, I can't be sick. It's a higher level. Declare thou that thou mayest continually declare it, especially when necessary. I can't die just like that. And God said, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Number six. Is it six or five? Six. Engage the weapon of fasting and prayer. To enforce the word. That is when necessary. Like that's what we are doing right now. Engage the weapon of fasting and prayer. To enforce the word. When necessary. It is a once. When God delivered us. He delivered us once and for all. But when the enemy rears his ugly head again. When necessary. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 6 and 8. Isaiah 58 verse 6 and in verse 8. He said. Alright. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let your press go free, and that you break every yoke? So fasting, back to verse. Yes, fasting will back to verse six. Fasting will lose bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, cause the oppressed to go free, and break every yoke. I told everyone to fast yesterday. How many of you did that? And I told people to possibly, if possible, come here today fasting. If you didn't do it well, please do it at least one day after today and go through this message again. I'm not saying it's, it's going to interfere with what we are doing today, but just ensure you obey that instruction. Somebody say amen. Engage the weapon of fasting and prayer, especially where necessary. Number seven. All right. In Matthew 17, 21, it says, This kind goeth not but by prayer and fasting. So, Prayer and fasting will make some kinds to go. And here we are in number seven. Engage the power of the blood of Jesus. And other forces of the spirit when necessary. Engage the power of the blood. In, that's why we are taking the communion today as well. In Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. We overcome the devil 
ancestral devils, evil foundation devils, the devils of our father's house, we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Revelation 12, 11. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 11. It said as for you, by the blood of your covenant, I have sent for thy prisoners out of the pit wherein there is no water. Turn to your strongholds, O you prisoners of hope. That is by the blood of the covenant, the blood of Jesus, we come out of prison. That's number seven. Isaiah, and then other forces of the spirit, Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27, the force of the anointing. In that day, the burden, and it shall come to pass in that day, that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Somebody say amen. So we are going to take the communion and we are going to apply the anointing today. And these yokes must be broken. Number eight, engage the weapon of praise. Psalm 32 verse 7, he said, Thou are my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. The power of songs is the power of deliverance. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 26. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. The power of praise. It is necessary. You see, the foundation was shaken. To demolish foundations. Praise don't, don't flow in depression, murmuring and grumbling. It will only establish your captivity. Praise. That's number eight. Number nine. Submit to the ministry of the prophet. Subscribe and submit to the ministry of your prophet. Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13. He said, and by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet... Was he preserved? And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, was he preserved? Prophetic instructions are very, very essential for destiny liberations. And today, I am standing in my apostolic and prophetic office to declare every Egypt that has held your life back, today, their tenure expires. Can I hear a louder amen? Can I hear a louder believer say amen? A loud most amen. Finally, number 10. Engage the power of sacrifice. Engage the power of sacrifice. In Judges chapter 6 verse 25 and in verse 26, he said, and it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the grove that is by it. And next, build an altar to the Lord on the top of the rock in the other place, and take a second bullock and offer a bond sacrifice. Most times when an altar is thrown down, another altar is raised. Am I communicating? It's raised. It's erected. 
Now, in, in, in Psalm 126, and in verse 1 to 2, Psalm 126, verse 1, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, all the way to verse 5, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the hidden, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity. O Lord, as the screams in the south. What is the secret? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. The turnaround of captivity most times happens at the frequency of sacrifices. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 22, Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord. And the Lord smelled the sweet savour. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground. As Noah erected an altar, offered sacrifice, God took off the curse. Along my life's journey many years ago, after I got revelations on these dimensions and so on, I said, Lord, I appropriate the benefit of redemption and the blood for my life. And now, I want to offer you a sacrifice. That's from me. The blood has done its own personally. I offer a sacrifice. If there was a sacrifice that was offered years ago by people, I counter it by mine. I'm not telling you what somebody else did. Me. I offer and reverse and annul. It is queuing in from the master sacrifice. The one that the master already did. And now, today, as a memorial. He said, the Lord hear you in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend you. Psalm 20, verse 1, all the way to verse 3. Verse 2. May he send you help from the sanctuary. Strengthen you out of Zion. And verse 3, remember your offerings. And accept your bond sacrifice. So the Lord, the name of, of the God of Jacob defending me, and the Lord, and the Lord sending me help from Zion and delivering me from trouble is connected to him remembering my sacrifice. Cornelius, thy arms have been remembered before the Lord, and help was sent to him to rescue him from the Gentile world unto God. You can be rescued from among your family members by all these applications. But right here, we are going to do the first thing. How many of you feel like dancing with this light? How many of you feel something already happened? The Bible said, he sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them. One of the most drastic deliverances happened by the release of the word. Somebody say loud, amen. amen. We're going to dance. We're going to celebrate. And then we're going to take 12 lethal intercessions. Lethal, brutal, 10 for yourself. 12, 2 for our nation. That will address specific matters. If you are ever tired, this is not a day to be tired. If you ever felt heat, this is not a day. And then, we shall take the communion. And then, we shall apply the anointing. And then, we shall decree the decrees. By all means, the devil will return back to hell. 
Stand on your feet with a shout of victory. Take your seat. Take your seat. Take your seat. So you can do it well. I have not preached a word like this in my life. You are my witness. Are you ready? And that is why God is about to do something you have not seen in your life. Are you ready for your freedom? Stand with a shout of praise.